Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. We have a special bullpen today. Dear friend, commissioner in Fulton County, that's in Atlanta, Georgia, Marvin Arrington Jr. Noted as a national super lawyer, educator in a previous life. The man has done all of it, all right? Um, so here's what I wanna do. It is an interesting dynamic that you and I, Commissioner, are in a documentary, a movie documentary that you directed, wrote, all of it. It's about your father, a remarkable man. Before we get into that, tell those who are watching what this documentary is about. Oh, thank you, Dr. Richie. This is the rags to riches story of Marvin Arrington Sr., a young boy who grew up in the Grady Holmes Projects, uh, who went on to integrate Emory Law School, get elected to the Atlanta Board of Aldermen, uh, get elected to the Atlanta City Council as president of the Atlanta City Council, run for mayor, and then go on to become a Superior Court judge. Uh, in Fulton County, the largest trial bench in the state of Georgia. I think we actually have some of the um, segment from that documentary. It's a remarkable documentary. You can find it everywhere. We're going to tell people where to find it at. Uh, do we have some of that? If so, let's go to it. It's important to understand how to walk in a corporate boardroom and how to walk into a barbershop in Bankhead the same way. Okay, the reason why that's important is because you become a bridge and a connector. And that's something that Arrington did without effort. He did it effortlessly, right? He could walk into these various rooms and be just as respected as anyone else in those buildings. So fascinating, the life of your father um, who paved the way, authentically paved the way for people like you, me, many others because of his unapologetic leadership style, his direct approach, and his ability to solve real problems. Um, you have everybody in this documentary, man, that gives um, a glimpse, not really a glimpse, but more so a historical overview of how Atlanta became Atlanta. Who are some of the people in the documentary, Commissioner? Well, we're so blessed to have Governor Roy Barnes, Mayor Shirley Franklin, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, uh, Mayor Kasim Reed, uh, former Congressman Kwanzaa Hall, uh, uh, and uh, Mayor Andrew, Ambassador Andrew Young, right. uh, amongst others. Uh, and uh, Lynn Vaughn is mm -hmm. the narrator, and she did a tremendous job, did it in one take, Rashad. You told me that. I said, come on, man. <laughs> one take? I mean, That's she is a true professional. She is a true professional. Love it. This was important. Let me tell you what happened, man. Over the weekend, uh, it was Sunday, I had my dad over to the house, we were doing dinner together uh, and we were catching up. And dad said, uh, can I watch the documentary you're in, uh, Bow Legs? I said, absolutely. So we put it on and I've already seen it. I actually saw it on the Delta flight because it's on Deltas, a few other places. And man, it was such a meaningful moment because it's literally one of the very few things that all generations can watch together and everybody gets something very significant out of it. And I did not realize how much we lack that kind of programming today, where it is in fact multi-generational. It is in fact safe for all age groups. And there's this dynamic of connection 
because you are able to bridge the then and the now. So everyone has context here, they can understand it. And it gives you an insight into the civil rights movement and what it produced, what kind of leaders came from that, individuals who cared deeply about community and also understood who the real enemy was. Talk to us about that dynamic of the documentary. Well, yes, absolutely. My dad was a student at Clark College at the time and of Dr. King's assassination in April of 68. And it was Lonnie King, one of the Atlanta student movement activists that convinced him to run for the board of aldermen. Mm -hmm. And so he ran in November of 68, took office in 69. The first day that he took office, Dr. Ritchie, they still had separate water fountains and bathrooms for white people and colored people. He immediately went to the white water fountain and said, I dare someone to say something. Uh, And then immediately drafted legislation to get rid of those separate water fountains for white people and I guess colored as they were called at the time. You know, a few years ago, your dad had an unfortunate situation at a gas station, okay? This is the renowned Judge Aaron. He's at a gas station and his car gets stolen. You and I have a conversation. I learned that the gas station had over 70 car thefts within one year. There's no security, there's no camera, there's not a lot of light, making it a perfect place for that kind of conduct. I contacted uh, the store owner. Listen, you gotta get security, you gotta get cameras, you gotta get some light out here. I was opposed. I contacted the then chairman of the Fulton County Commission. Hey, basically doc, we don't have much control over this. I said, okay. I shut down that entire store uh, that weekend. Myself, Big Haroon, my best friend, God rest his soul. And listeners to the radio show, we went out there and we stood around that store and we would not let anyone in and it shut down their entire business. By that Monday, the chairman of the county said, we have a solution. Yes, it was a beautiful, beautiful day, Rashad. Thanks to you, definitely big shout out to Brother Haroon. You know, came out there and stood with us. We marched, so thankful. Uh, that people came out to support him. Uh, you know, he had been supporting the community uh, for over 40 years, giving back to the city that he loves. Uh, and I think, you know, it's important that because Atlanta is the way it is now because they were intentional about inclusion, they were intentional uh-huh. about minority and female involvement. Uh, and he served as city council president under Maynard Jackson, under Andrew Young, under Maynard again. Uh, and then under Bill Campbell. So he was kind of the glue to help keep the city together despite the changes in administration. One of the most remarkable dynamics of Marvin Arrington Sr., Judge Arrington, was that he had this ability to understand what was important and what was not. It takes a lot of wisdom. It sounds simple, but it takes a lot of wisdom to figure that part out in life, to understand what's important and what is not important, right? And he engaged in what we would consider today to be progressive principles, equitable principles, where he was intentional about making sure that historically marginalized communities had an opportunity 
And that opportunity was a real opportunity because you had to consider why? Why was there this bias? Why was there this unequal outcome? And you had to remedy it from the origin. He did this. Why do you think before it was really popular? You know, why do you think he understood that dynamic more so than most? I'm not just talking about conservatives. He understood it more so than most Democrats did. How do you think that happened? Well, I think it's his legal background, right? Um, one of the things that Judge Clarence Cooper says is that they were looking for ways to be involved in the civil rights movement. And the way that they saw it was by going to law school. And they need they saw that, you know, they had to have lawyers sue to get more political candidates. That's so right. it wasn't just as simple as, oh, we're gonna run for office. No, you had to sue to run for office. In fact, Rashad, I know you'll appreciate this as a law school student. He had to act, my father had to sue the state bar because they were not allowing any blacks admission. And so he got with the ACLU to sue the state bar in order to allow blacks to be admitted. And so I think it was just their way of contributing. It was the backlash, it was the outpouring of support that was a result of the assassination uh, of Dr. King, right? Yeah. Every, at that point, it, it, it galvanized and energized everyone to get involved in some shape, form, or fashion. Uh, and he and Judge Cooper chose uh, to follow the legal path. This is such a remarkable documentary. I'm not saying it just because I'm in it. I mean, this thing is such a jewel. Uh, and your success, the success of this documentary is proof of that jewel. Uh, for those who are watching, you wanna know about the movement, you want to understand the dynamics and nuances of black leadership and what was required for black leadership. What I want you to do is get this documentary. Um, it's going to be fascinating and a great education for you and your family. Uh, Commissioner, how can they get the documentary? Uh, so they can uh, visit bowlegsatl.com. That's B-O-L-E-G-S-A-T-L.com. It's also available on uh, Apple TV, Google, and Amazon Prime Video. Bowlegsatl.com, bowlegsatl.com. Um, I told you this before, man, I'm going to echo it again. Just as your father was a great humanitarian, uh, is a great humanitarian and a great public servant, you too are the same, all right? I appreciate your leadership, brother. Thank you, Dr. Richie. I've got big shoes to follow, but uh, he loaded the bases, so I just got a back cleanup. That's right, that's right.